You are listening to Fed by Ravens with <laughs> That was a heavy landing. You came in kind of heavy. You'd think on day 297 and 298, you'd be a little smooth. A little smoother. But we're glad you're here. Welcome to Fed by Ravens. We're doing it, people. We are continuing the oral tradition, which is talking about the story of God as he has revealed it to us in his scriptures and how it relates and intersects with the stories of our lives. Pretty good stuff. What do we got today, Matt? Our Old Testament reading for today is Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 11 through chapter 51. Sweet Jeremiah, you guys, we are almost done with Jeremiah. It's a long book. But it's been pretty fascinating for me. It's put together a lot of ideas, uh, solidified ideas from the prophets. Like the, uh, the idea what, and what the, idea? the idea of God's grace in sending people oh, with his yeah. word. Mm-hmm. So like it solidifies that this has taken 800 years. Mm-hmm. So when we just breeze over the prophets, it's easy to start believing the... Um, the false narrative of like, oh, God's angry. Mm-hmm. And the prophets are telling us about God's anger. And your mind just kind of naturally, I don't think anyone says this, but I think it's just what you naturally pick up is that God got mad one day. Yeah. And then uh, that was on Monday. And on Friday, he just destroyed everybody. And so we don't like that God. Mm-hmm. And the reason we don't like that God is because that is not the God that's presented. So we're like, but we throw away the baby with the bathwater. We're like, God's not angry. God doesn't just wipe people out. And then it's like, well, the Old Testament kind of says that. And you're like, well, I don't like the Old Testament. And those are all false agreements. Mm-hmm. And so the, what it connects us to really is, if, you, if you're able to engage the whole story, you realize over hundreds of years, God has continuously, through many different prophets, been warning and loving and serving his people to um, what a would be... A ridiculous degree. Yeah. And I said it before, it stuck with me. It's very rare that I say something and it sticks with me. But the idea, because I usually forget, someone says it back to me and I'm like, that's really smart. That was you, Adam. What? It was me the whole time? And you were there. Okay. And you were there. Okay. But the idea is that um, God's wrath is completely avoidable. Yeah. It's, like, yes. it's absurd. The most ridiculous thing about God's wrath is that you are caught in it. <laughs> like, it, it's like, okay. you're going out fishing. I'm winding up. It's like I'm going to hit you. Yeah. Uh, here's a way out. Here's a way out. Here's a way out. Look at all these people who found a way out. Maybe you want to be like them. Maybe yeah. you want to believe my word here. Maybe uh-huh. you want to take this uh-huh. way. Maybe you don't want to worship that. Maybe you don't want to put the fish hook in your mouth. But, alas... <laughs> So God's wrath is completely avoidable. So when you take the time to read it, you come to realize God is gracious, God is loving, God mm-hmm. is slow to anger, but he's actually just. Yes. And you need someone to care about creation and to care about health. Like you can't just agree, oh, well, we all live with, um, with the measles now. We all mm-hmm. die from it. No, mm-hmm. you find a way to cut it out or to cut out cancer in your body and you do it. Right. And that's all this is, is you can call it tough love, but really it's enabling, not to a not in a bad way, but in a, the most gracious, loving way. And that's why Jeremiah, even at the end, is representing God's truth, God's mm-hmm. justice. He cares about how we're treated. 
Right. And Babylon was used by God as like a scalpel is mm-hmm. used by a surgeon. Right. But, or as Jeremiah references it as a hammer. Right. So he uses Babylon as a hammer to put something together or mm-hmm. to, to break down some old rotten wood so he yeah. could put up some new wood mm-hmm. in a restorative way. But the hammer then rebelled yes. and became corroded and started abusing its power and hitting things mm-hmm. it ought not of. And so that's what Jeremiah is saying now is that Israel has been as a hunted lion by Assyria mm-hmm. and by uh, now Babylon is coming. But Babylon will also be destroyed because they can't handle the um, the love and affection of God, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, so I was thinking about this. So this uh, chapter 50 and 51, very written uh, before... Babylon, or before Babylon actually takes Jerusalem. So they're actually written right. about the destruction of Babylon, which will happen uh, 70 years from now or so. And, oh, is that where it is? Okay. And uh, he sends he sends this letter off to the people who are already in exile and says, look, tell everyone this is what's going to happen. But again, tell Babylon. And what we will eventually get to is that there are prophets in Babylon right now with the exiles Mm -hmm. telling Babylon, hey, heads up, God's wrath is coming if you don't follow him. It's completely avoidable even to the Babylonians. Yes. Is he sends prophets there. That's what's so amazing. But you're not going to listen. You're going to rebel. You're going to (laughs) fall. And the Medes and the Persians, new people from the north, yeah. even further north, are going more. to now attack you. Right. And the, if you work your way through 50 and 51, you realize that our God has power yeah. over all nations, mm-hmm. which is really comforting. I mean, we're in 2018, but you could listen to this in 2021 or 2022, and, and we always will be needing the comfort that, okay, God... No matter what happens, Mm -hmm. you can control the nations. And with this control, realize God's heart aches. When his beloved abandon and leave him, he's not just going to let us all walk away. Mm -hmm. And he yearns to forgive those who uh, come back and repent. Um, There's also a throwback. I realize there's the uh, Sodom and Gomorrah blueprint. Yeah. That is always thrown out like... Like the blueprint is God will deal with cities that are so depraved and mm-hmm. godless. It's kind of like Sodom and Gomorrah is the shorthand for places that just totally worship demonic stuff. You and know, for are so long. about to get wiped out. And want to destroy God's people. Like yes. he has grace for them, mm-hmm. even when they're worshiping all these created things. Mm-hmm. But then they start to abuse God's kids. And that's when God's like, okay, enact the SNG blueprint. Yeah. as So in... Chapter 50, verse 40. Mm-hmm. As when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring cities, declares the Lord, so no man shall dwell there, Babylon, and no son of man shall sojourn in her. Which so, there it's it is like, boom, you guys are getting wiped out. But there's always hope, you know. That's what's so shocking reading Jeremiah this time is that you think about it. You and I, we are Babylon. Mm-hmm. We're outside of the people of God. And yet here we are, we know Christ, and he's had mercy on all the nations around God's people yeah. to the point where 2,000 years later, or more than that from here, 2,400 years later, here we are talking about these stories, and they're relevant to us because we're worshiping the same God. Yes. Chapter 51, 
again, it's utter destruction of Babylon. And uh, God can, we see this theme where, you know, it's very easy for God to stir up a spirit of a destroyer mm-hmm. against whoever he wants. Right. And he yeah. can devote things to destruction. We haven't heard that for a while, but that was back when they were establishing the law. It's like, uh, devote these things to be destroyed, which is what we do with, uh, I was driving this weekend and there was a huge uh, breast cancer awareness walk. Taking oh, up yeah, the road, yeah, and yeah. It was like a huge, because it's that month. And it's like... Uh, that would be people kind of devoting something to destruction. Yeah, cancer, yeah. Right. And so that's how you have to think about it. So God's that's devoting these yeah. things to destruction. And why? Well, that's not nice. Oh, well, I guess if you're defending cancer and you're like, we want cancer to live. That's how absurd it is. Yes. What God has devoted to destruction is for our good. It's mm-hmm. absurd. There are things that carry death. Yes. All right. Yeah. And uh, again... He's just very clearly like, Babylon, if you do not turn, mm-hmm. you're going to be destroyed. I will find someone else to be my hammer, and they will destroy you. And then uh, we have, at the very end of 51, unless you have anything else from 51 that you wanted to mention. No, I mean, the end of 51, I guess, yeah, yeah. going into the, the idea of creation again. And mm-hmm. I've been engaging that, like, our God has breath. And breath is, oh, can yeah. create words, can create things, mm-hmm. and like creates the world with his breath. And so a lot of times you'll see all these ideas of, um, all these ideas of your gods don't speak. Mm-hmm. Like your money doesn't speak. It doesn't care for you. It doesn't form things. And, and so our God, though, can do all this. And so Babylon was used to carry out God's wrath. He's the living God. And there, again, his anger is completely avoidable. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So in the end of 51, actually, Jerusalem has just been overthrown. Mm-hmm. And Zedekiah, King Zedekiah, uh, the rebellious king, is being uh, led out of Jerusalem, blinded, having just seen his sons and city burned. Um, oh, yeah. Jeremiah writes these things in a book, gives them to the quartermaster, or the Prince of Rest, as the quartermaster was called, the administrative leader, and says, give this, bring this into Babylon, and read this in Babylon while you're there. And then, tie a rock around it, and throw it in the Euphrates. (laughs) I forgot about that. And then, essentially, it's like, here it is, here's your chance. Mm Mm-hmm. But your chance, the window on this is closing, which yes. is not a foreign idea to anybody who's ever uh, yeah. sat through a timeshare presentation. Uh-huh. It's like, this offer only exists now. Right. It's closing now. Jump in now while it's available. While it's available, because you will sink like this stone into nothingness. And the reason you will is because he is the Lord of hosts. Mm-hmm. There isn't, uh, there's like a note, like Jeremiah and some of these prophets start calling... Uh, God, the Lord of hosts. And so I kind of looked into that a little bit. And the idea is like the host is orderly creation. You know, like you have a host of a military host. So when you see the word host, you have to imagine like a commander in chief over the host of military, the lawmakers, the law keepers, like the police, the federal government, the local government, like God is the Lord of hosts, Mm -hmm. and it literally means orderly creation that is set up to serve. Huh. 
So the word of God gives direction to this host. Yeah. And then the host carries out, everything is designed to fulfill a calling that gives God praise. Like basically all of creation is in active military service cool. under the command of God. But what's cool is this would be, we'd call it like natural order versus um, contrary to nature. So like the philosophers would have, oh, they recognize like philo- uh, Plato and those yeah. guys. There's natural order. So that points to a creator. Mm-hmm. And then there are other philosophers who said, oh, they would call them, you're contrary to nature, which means you're against created order. Mm-hmm. So even from like a godless point of view, there's things that are natural order. They're created to work this way. Right. And then when they don't, that's bad. Right. Because it's not working correctly. Mm-hmm. And I just bring all that up because that's a big debate in our world. We've undercut mm-hmm. creative order. Mm-hmm. So there's no intention, there's no meaning, there's no creator. Right. So there's no created order. So how do you know what's right or wrong, mm-hmm. even from a natural standpoint? It's all up for grabs, which then we trickles. We create our own meaning. We create our own meaning. And then that trickles down. We've been talking about this to what are the stories put on you? Mm-hmm. And the predominant story of our culture is you create your own story yeah. as if you're free. Right. In reality, that's against created order. Like, you actually are born with a story, with a name to fulfill and to walk under. And there's uh, vocations and there's jobs and there's types of people. Like there's things you're called to do under the Lord of hosts. Like you're serving the Lord. And so the prophets get it. Um, and they're saying, look, we don't have to make up our personal quest for meaning. Because when you do that, that's when you start to acquire idols. <laughs> You start to mm-hmm. acquire all these little good luck right, charms right. because you feel like you're on your own and you can't trust your parents because everybody can look at their parents and go, oh, that's lame. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll worship this or I'll do that. And it's like we have a God who's given us his word. He's the Lord of hosts. He explains the purpose of our life and he backs it up every day. And even this morning I'm walking outside and I, I just have to I go out early and the moon's hanging perfectly. The stars mm-hmm. are out. There's a perfect breeze you start hearing the animals wake up and you're like do we just think this happened <laughs> like it was just a mistake how lucky are we then yeah. i mean come on and so for me though my story is i worship the god who created this and mm-hmm. he created it with his breath and the word became flesh mm-hmm. and his same word can speak and grow in my heart producing the fruits of the spirit anyway it's pretty great jeremiah kind of has an, an idea of all this right at a horrible time in history. <laughs> Fortunately, there are people of God who, yeah. by the gift of God, were able to hear. And so we know because we're still here. But anyway, um, thanks, Jeremiah. It's the same. <laughs> Let's move on to the New Testament. Yeah. Our New Testament reading for today is 2 Timothy chapter 3 through chapter 4. Second Timothy, man. This, okay, so chapter three yeah. was fascinating to me. Go ahead. Let me hear what you got. Remind, remind us what he was saying. So this is a, a very pastoral letter from Paul to Timothy, the second one. Yes, so. It's a very personal letter. It's very personal. He's in jail, he, in Rome, and he's realizing his time might be running out. Yeah. Uh, he's also been concerned with uh, the increase of 
pastors that he set up are turning away and abandoning the faith. Yeah. And so he's checking in with Timothy, his boy, and going, hey, man, I just want to make sure everything's good. I want to make sure you're still on track, that you're keeping to the gospel, and I would like to see you again. Uh, and so mm-hmm. that's kind of, he's kind of potentially writing his last letter to Timothy. And uh, he's recognizing that. And so he's trying to like just say everything like a father would say to right. his son. And be like, okay, I just want to make sure, remember these things, don't forget about this, continue on, you're doing good, I'm proud of you. And um, and so the first idea, though, in chapter 3 <clears throat> is he uses the word last days. Yes. And I think it's important to realize what Paul means by last days. He means, he, he believes the last days began when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. Like the last act mm-hmm. began. Um, and so when you read the last days, you can't just immediately think like, oh, the eminent coming back of Jesus. Jesus like yeah. it's coming any time. Now, the, he actually didn't know when Jesus would and, return and yeah. was like, always be ready. But we know now, 2,000 years later, oh, it's God's being very gracious right. in his return. He mm-hmm. wants as many people to be saved. And by the way, that's Peter's response. Because in uh, first or second Peter, I believe, People are like, oh, where's Jesus? I thought he was coming back. Mm-hmm. And Peter says, well, he's very gracious, which we know now is validated in understanding all the prophets. He right. is very gracious. He's very gracious. Um, but he says in the last days, and for Paul, though, he's like, he's saying, yeah, as we get closer to the return, mm-hmm. you are starting to notice how people are. Yeah. I, and I, people I think, are lovers of self. I think it just is a basic idea of, you are now kind of seeing the world that you're living in, mm-hmm. and it's a dark place. As you're coming out of it, yeah, you recognize it's not just the idol you've carved. Mm-hmm. There's lots of little idols set up high places in your heart and in your mind and all around you. Yes. I just thought it was funny. Um, do you know the name of this like really famous Korean K-pop band right now? It's like B... Uh, uh, BTS. BTS. What's that stand for? Who knows? Uh, a bunch of different things because okay, it's Korean. Yeah, it's Korean. But they're like this big K-pop band mm-hmm. right now. And they're on this world tour. I heard, I forget where I heard it. But they're like, we're on a tour right now. And it's called the Love Yourself Tour. Yeah. Because, you know, they're so afraid. Young people don't love themselves. Yeah. That they're teaching people how to love themselves. And you read this verse. It's so funny. Like, the world will be full of people, lovers of self. Yes. I will say... Yeah, what do they mean? Before I... Or well, what no, say? no, what no. Say? I will say that it probably, within um, traditional Asian culture, yeah. uh, that is kind of probably a radical idea. Okay. Because uh, they are more than we can imagine... Um, what, what's, shame-based? Well, they're shame-based, but they're also um, community-based. Okay. Uh they, so they don't see themselves as individuals they will as put, much. As they we. will put the needs... Of, traditionally, they put the needs above the community. They're very okay. socialistic. So they will put the needs of the community over the needs of the individual. That makes sense, yeah. And so this idea coming out of there, coming and going, we need to love ourselves. It sounds ridiculous to a Western mind. Right. To an Eastern mind, it's probably pretty radical. Okay, that makes sense. But the Western world is it's seriously embracing, embracing it. it. They're like, yes, yes. yes and I'm like, yes. how are we not loving ourselves... 
You're buying the music. Yes. Like, you're taking care of yourself. But anyway. Yes, it but, is ridiculous. But it's also fighting, like, a negative self-image. Mm-hmm. And, and yes. everyone still believes that if you just say, like, hey, be positive. Like, positive thinking is the answer. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. The only way you start to experience love is by embracing the one who loved mm-hmm. you, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. But anyway, lovers of self, that wasn't even the one of this list that I actually was that hit me the most because no. lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless. And here it is. Unappeasable. Unappeasable. I had to look it up. I'm like, wait, what does unappeasable mean? And unappeasable <laughs> is demanding punishment rather than showing mercy. Yes. And that's the culture we, we are, are in. currently just in the throes of this right now. And you can blame a lot of things. I mean, you, uh, but you can just look on Twitter and we are unappeasable. We are unappeasable. Everyone is guilty before proven innocent. And everyone is demanding punishment of the other side, of, of the, the other person, of the opposite of their movement. It's of like whatever their belief is, if you are if you have a belief that's contrary, you are wrong and you need to die. Yeah. Like, like your belief, straight death threats and because your belief is wrong mm-hmm. and deserves death, like so unappeasable, demanding punishment rather than showing mercy. That that got me, and then uh, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. So that's the other thing is we are in a culture that wants nothing to do with God, right? Or Christianity, His Word, His laws. It's all been stupid outdated it's been called stupid outdated um no longer reflecting the culture but yet we are right now in a in a weird movement of we need to be for justice and people are being hurt and we need to make sure people aren't hurt and we need to stand for what's right but they have no power to guide or say this is what is right and this is what is wrong because they refused everything that's right or wrong see fed by raven audience philosophies and ideas have consequences yes and right now the prevailing cultural philosophy is we're all trying to be good and not bully and 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 support all the right things but there is no um foundation to it It, yeah it crumbles the the question still remains why 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 do we need to care for one another because and then what's the answer the answer is you now have to bully the bullies right and then that's an endless cycle of violence hate the haters right flip it and I'm like, uh, you're just, you're not answering the problem. So everybody has jumped into a cycle of violence and death yes. feeling, but the, the danger is everyone feels noble about it. They feel like they're being godly. Because, yeah, but the truth is they've, there is no God in it. They're denying all of his power through his son. And then the idea of, in verse seven, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Right. And that is definitely what's happening with our scientific, with uh, explosion and then the internet everyone's like constantly trying to consume and learn but the more they learn the less they know right well I mean let's take in America right now um, the gender issue right I thought we were all dedicated to science right Right. science is our creation story right but now we don't know if we're boys or girls oh but see science deals with physical and now they're dealing with a spiritual emotional, emotional issue aspect. and I feel like a girl but I'm really scientifically a boy well what do we trust science or now we're going into a spiritual realm mm-hmm. and who's guiding us there no one right exactly so it's like the confusion of our culture 
loving science, but science not being enough. Mm-hmm. And now there's no governance over emotional, uh, spiritual, because no one's equipped to measure or um, what's the scientific method yeah. of spiritual issues because science never answers you the can't. spiritual issues. Yes. And that's why our story is so great because our God is flesh and blood and spirit. Jesus right. Christ is genius. Jesus Christ is more amazing than you can imagine because he answers every hard question for us and then he dies for us so that we right. can become the people of mercy even when other people, like there's a line too, he goes, endure evil. Mm-hmm. Like we can endure evil and we can do these things because we are dealing with the sacred and the secular. But anyway. Well, yeah. So he ends that saying like, this is the culture of the world that you are going to become right. more and more aware of. It's going to be, you're gonna, it's going to be impossible to miss. The more right. you dig into this uh, Jesus stuff, the more you'll see what the world is operating with and it'll seem crazy town. Well, and he even addresses... Uh, false teachers who are using Christianity yeah. to take advantage of women and people, and which is kind of what our culture does now. It uses the ideas of love. Like mm-hmm. we had a horrible thing happen near my house, Pulse, oh, a yeah, year yeah. ago. So we have signs that like, we will not let hate win. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I understand the sentiment. And I love it. I'm like, oh, good. Yeah. But what is love? Like, Right. You have no definition. You have... What is love? I mean, we just don't. And so... Yeah. Um, that we need, we're kind of aimless in that. So indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted because these guys are going to be faking it. He's like, that's mm-hmm. right. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be living while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from who you learned it and how from a childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And then we get to the famous verse, right? Yeah. So this is perfect. This is the answer for our culture. Mm -hmm. It was the answer for his culture. What do we do when we're surrounded by thieves and misunderstandings and misinformation about God? Total confusion, right? Which produces nothing but anger and cycles of violence. And this is the answer. All scripture is breathed out by God. See, we don't have an idol that doesn't Mm -hmm. breathe by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So we anchor on the breath of God. The word of God Mm -hmm. is the power to reprove, to change hearts, to change minds, and for even to change behaviors for us to walk into flesh and blood stuff and spiritual stuff, peace Mm -hmm. and good works. Um, It's the word of God. So then chapter four, right? Yes. He's like, so now I am telling you, Timothy, my bro, preach the word. That's. Don't get caught up in all these movements and these philosophies that are empty. Yeah. Don't try to engage, like, don't like engage them or try to figure out like, oh, how can I incorporate? Just keep it to the word. Well, and he goes on and said, keep it to the word. Be ready in season, out of season. Exhort with complete patience and teaching. Um, cause he's like, there's a time coming when people won't endure good teaching. They have itching ears. They only want to hear me say, Hey, you're good. Yeah. And as we know from the prophets, you know, it's a matter of life and death. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear you're good and then be marched off to exile right. and die there? Or do you want to hear the truth and go, Hey, there's death this way and life this way, which, which is better. Mm-hmm. We all seek and we want to hear, I'm just good. Right? Like it's, I'm not, I don't have to worry. Right. 
And, and the real message is, do you love God? Right. Well, yeah, you need to be able to answer that question. Yeah. That's it. Like, then seek him. Seek him. And the stuff that he's very clearly made himself about. So maybe move out of your girlfriend's place. Right. Or maybe at, pretend to care about how God created life uh-huh. and stop doing whatever you think and whatever everybody says around you is okay. Don't come to the Word of God. Don't come to me saying, am I okay? Well, God loves you, but he doesn't. Until you can see this is hurting you. You're outside the camp right now. Yeah, you're outside the camp. And when you're outside the camp, there's no assurance of salvation, mm-hmm. buddy. Well, I don't like that. And I'll find someone else. So people seek preaching that satisfies sinful desires. Mm-hmm. So we're called to preach the truth. Right. And we preach forgiveness of sins. Why? Because we're sinners. Yeah. You have cancer, you need a treatment. If you don't recognize you have cancer, you don't want the treatment. Right. So the treatment brings you no comfort. Mm-hmm. That's why it is a necessity to recognize I am a sinner in need of salvation. And then the gospel is freely given and it's beautiful. Right. And that's what Paul is saying. Like, Paul is saying, I love you, Timothy, and just hang tight to this word of God. And that's what he needed, and that's what I needed. That's what I need mm-hmm. constantly. Because I love people, man. I want to tell them, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. But I also am called to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, the book, we finished the book, right? Uh, yeah, so he then does, like, personal instructions, and he's, uh-huh. like, listing some more guys who've, like, abandoned him, and he's like, I would really like to see you again if you can bring um, some of my books, uh, some parchments so I can write. Right. And bring uh, uh, Mark, grab Mark, bring him to me. I would love to see you guys again. It, he, he gives like really practical information too, like Alexander the coppersmith. That guy hates us. Uh, yeah. So watch out for him. Be strengthened. Yeah. Also, I was thinking about uh, prison at this time. Sometimes prison guards, if they liked you, might take mm-hmm. care of some of your needs but pretty much you're left to the friends that you have who will care for you so he does say hey if you can come before winter and bring my cloak <laughs> that would be really helpful i just like the fact that paul is not afraid to ask for some things um it's not all just receiving from paul it's like hey paul's like hey we're in this together right yeah bring me my cloak and um and then he talks about how god will rescue me from every evil like he's sensing it the persecution against Christianity is on the rise. We are a big threat, and no one likes us, so I don't know how much longer I have. Well, it is very interesting, right? So he makes this statement in verse 18. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Right. To be, to him, be the glory forever and ever. And I was recognizing... Oh, I, I read that first part and check out and want to go, yeah. oh, okay, he'll deliver me from every physical evil. Perfect. But um, the rest of that statement is, oh, he's going to deliver me to heaven safely. Right. Yeah, you might die because death yes. is a reality. But the safety portion of it is I will be with him. Yeah. In life or death. He will deliver me and I will always be with him. And that hope is bigger I'm than... Like, we kind of hear that, like, oh, will I go to heaven? Yeah, yes, if you're trusting in Christ, like, just cling to Christ. Mm-hmm. But let that hope, the hope is he will deliver you into the presence of God, and there's peace between you and God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're being delivered to God because there's peace uh, that's been made in Christ Jesus. 
Well, finish another book. That's book number 40. Wow. I like the sweetness, though, between Paul and Timothy. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Our psalm for today will be Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We will talk to you next time.